Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's back, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how you been? Hey, I'm doing great, Mike, and had a great Christmas. Got to see my grandkids, but I want you to know that I'm not going to be talking trash about being in the corner wide open in a three-on-three tournament and give me the ball because I did play basketball three times out in New Jersey. Couldn't hit a jump shot, could you? No, I I could. I just couldn't catch the pass when it came to me. (laughs) Well, so some good things never change, Matt. You know, were you waving your arms like you normally do saying I'm open? I was saying I was open, yeah, and it would go right through my hands. Did you guard anybody? Uh, not really. No. I, I struggled there too, Mike. Man, you know the the older we get, the better we work. And that your that's your term. Absolutely, that's what that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> well, boy, I'll tell you what. In playing with you, you never did bank anything, and you tried to swish everything. The backboard is my friend. I always remember that. That's coming from a coach. Hey, I'm excited about today's guest, and I uh, did a lot of research on Gordon Teeson. He is uh, the founder of Cross Training Publishing. Go to crosstrainingpublishing.com, and we're going to give you that website a number of times today because I'm really impressed with a lot of things that, that they're doing. Gordon, thanks a lot for your time. How you been? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity today. Well, I'm really happy that you're still willing to come on after all the smack talk Pastor was talking with uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska. Now, Gordon is a Nebraska guy. He played on the football team. He did, and he lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and, and you started talking about the uh, Barry Switzer Osborne, and we had to not start the show because <laughs> Gordon was crying. And I'm not... I'm, we, can't, we can't have guys crying on Faith in the Zone unless it's when they're talking about their testimony, and I'm normally the one uh, crying. Hey, Gordon, I really appreciate, again, your time. And and uh, how long have you lived in, in uh, Nebraska your entire life? So, yeah, most of my entire life has, has been in either Lincoln, Omaha, central Nebraska. So I grew up not very far from uh, the University of Nebraska Stadium. And so just as a little kid, you know, um, I was growing up during the – then it was the Bob Devaney – days uh, he was the head coach before Tom Osborne and nobody thought too much of Nebraska football until Devaney showed up in the 60s and everything just turned around instantly with Bob Devaney so I was just one of those young kids that I was just telling somebody the other day I was at a banquet I was 10 years old I got an award for the best 10 year old football player in this uh, little midget football team and uh, another kid standing next to me was a year younger his name was Craig Bull who was actually the head coach now at Wyoming he also uh, got, for his age group, Player of the Year. And I remember Devaney looked at the two of us. It's amazing he even spoke at this little banquet with these young kids. And he said, are you guys going to play for me someday? And we both, with just a real arrogant way, just said, absolutely, Coach Devaney. You can count on us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, it seems impossible, but we actually both did play for the Huskers. But it was Tom Osborne that we played for because Devaney retired after he won a national championship. You know, on, on Faith in the Zone, we've had a couple of former Nebraska football players on. We had Turner Gill, 
on, and we had a, a, a receiver who grew up in Nebraska, was huge in, in track and field, and he utilized track and field to, to, to be able to be a better football player, was a walk-on at Nebraska, and, I, and his name now is, has escaped me. But he said, look, I was, I was like in the top five in receivers in Nebraska for a while before they started throwing the ball. He said, I had like 60 catches in my career, and I was in the top five. And uh, he, he said, look, I grew up. And everybody in in Nebraska at that point, you would go to bed dreaming about playing at Nebraska. He said, I had a chance. I had some offers for track and field throughout the country, but I was a walk-on at Nebraska because that's what I I grew up wanting so bad to be part of that program. Was that kind of how it was for you as well, Gordon? Oh, yeah. And, in fact, the guy you're talking about, I'm sure, is my friend Todd Brown and a former teammate. That's it, yeah. Right, yeah. Todd, in fact, still – has the triple jump high school record. Yeah. Uh, probably, I think, the longest record in the books uh, from the 1970s for boys track and field in high school. But uh, I was a couple years older than Todd, but I remember when Todd showed up and he was so typical. I think there have been somewhere between 40 and 50 uh, walk on players that actually have played in the NFL. Isn't that amazing? It is. And uh, I always tell people kind of my interesting story. I don't know what the claim to fame, but I was a scholarship player, but I was beat out by a walk-on player, not just once, but twice. <laughs> well, how does that happen? So, I mean, I was one of those guys going, yeah, I appreciate the walk-on program. But on the other hand, I'd be starting if not for these, these walk-on guys that keep showing up. And so I had Jimmy Williams show up one year. He had a 10-year NFL career. Gary Nelson, who showed up and uh, beat me out, and he had a six-year career in the NFL. And, uh, you know, so that was the kind of the, the secret, I guess, formula, you might say, for Nebraska that Osborne understood, that Devaney understood, that Nebraska as a small state needed the walk-on program, which essentially would wind up giving them almost an extra five scholarships a year at least. Not everybody panned out, but if you'd get an extra 30, 35 guys a year come in, you know, you would have some guys that would make it every year and contribute to the team. And some of them would go on to be outstanding players. And of course, in Nebraska, we're all excited for Scott Frost being back because he absolutely understands it. He's trying to increase the walk on numbers. Uh, he understands what the Nebraska way is and what works. And unfortunately, we've had 15 years where we had coaches that did not understand that part of the success formula. That's not the only thing, but that had, was a very important part of the history of Nebraska. And if Nebraska returns to the top 10 in the next year or two, the walk-on program will be part of the story. Well, Gordon, uh, talking about tears, uh, I was uh, <clears throat> in 1971. I remember at Thanksgiving, it was Nebraska number one in the country, Oklahoma number two. And uh, Nebraska had uh, Rogers, uh, the uh, Johnny Rogers, Johnny Rogers, mm-hmm. incredible yep. uh, wide receiver. And that game ended up going thirty-five, thirty-one. And I had a paper route, and I had to fold, uh, you know, a couple hundred papers the next morning with that. Nebraska stuns <laughs> Oklahoma thirty-five, thirty-one in Norman, and I had to fold those papers and look at that and. Uh, try to dry my tears up uh, after that particular game. But those were some wonderful, absolutely great 
competitive uh, games between Oklahoma and Nebraska in those days. That's I hated it when they left the conference because those were those were some some incredible games. Well, and you know we we had a great respect between the Christian players and coaches between the two programs. Uh, you know, I served for 30 years with SVA, and there were so many uh, interconnected relationships and close friendships for those years that Nebraska and Oklahoma played each other. And in fact, uh, you guys may not even know this. It's a great sports story and something everybody should know. But occasionally you'll hear people say, when did players praying either before or after a game in mm-hmm. front of a crowd begin? Uh, most people get it wrong. Most announcers nationally get it wrong and they got wrong dates, wrong places. And there, as I can tell that started back in the eighties, uh, I think it was 85 or 86. And it started because the Nebraska football team and the Oklahoma football team showed up Friday night at a movie before their Saturday game. Traditionally, most college teams will go to a movie on a Friday night to kind of relax, kick back before the game the next day. And in Lincoln, Nebraska, both buses showed up for the same movie. And actually, the guys were getting off at the bus at the same time. It's very unusual. So you had all these Nebraska-Oklahoma guys getting off, kind of, you know, looking at each other. And one of my friends, Stan Parker, looked at Spencer Tillman and a couple Mm -hmm. of the other Christian guys and started talking to them. And they wound up in the lobby talking about their faith while most, a lot of the other guys were watching the yeah. uh, movie. And one of the things they decided, they said, Hey, why don't we pray before the game? You get kind of three or four leadership people. We'll get three or four and we'll just pray before the game. They didn't ask for permission. They just decided to do it. And lo and behold, there's a wonderful picture that hangs in the FCA offices in Kansas city of the picture of four Nebraska guys, four OU guys, that are knelt down and praying before the game. And the crowd visibly was shook because they thought something was going down when they saw these players coming together. Nobody had ever seen players praying publicly like that before. They thought maybe there was going to be a brawl or something. These guys kneel down and pray. And, uh, and I would say after that point is when you begin to see players pray, mostly post-game, mm-hmm. but sometimes pre-game. But uh, if there's if there's another case of it before that, uh, then I'd love to know about it. But to my recollection, that's that's the first time I saw it, heard about it. And I think that when people saw that, it's a great example for other teams, other players, other sports to go. Why don't we do that? If not before the game, after the game. What a great example that was. No that was OU Nebraska. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that story, Gordon. That, that encourages me right there. Yeah, it does. Hey, Gordon, what position did you play? So I was like a linebacker back in the 70s. I played 75 through 80. So we had the old five-man line. They called it the monster defense. And so uh, back in the day, you know, I would play kind of sometimes on a tackle, sometimes on a tight end, sometimes back like a linebacker. And then crazy enough, it would sometimes put us out with a – wide receiver, which we love, but the coaches usually weren't that risky. Right. And uh, so you got to do a little bit of everything. And probably that's why I got a chance to play behind some uh, All-Americans, some great players, because it really took some uh, very athletic guys to play those kind of defensive. We called it a defensive end, but we were all over the place. And uh, I was just fortunate to be a part of that team during those five years that I was there, 75 through 80. Was it like a 52-type defense, Gordon? 
Yep, yep. It was a 52, so you had a couple linebackers, then you have a monster come up, and the monster was almost like a linebacker. But, wow. Hey, we are talking to Gordon Thiessen, and we're going to get to a break. I, a little bit about Gordon. He is the founder of Cross Training uh, Publishing. Uh, he's also an author, uh, former uh, Nebraska football player. 30 years he uh, he worked with FCA in Nebraska. He also uh, coached some high school sports as well. He was the, uh, the head boys basketball coach at Nebraska Christian from 2000 to 2004, and then took over the girls program from 2006 to 2016, again, at Nebraska Christian. He is a father. He's a grandfather. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, we're, we're going to have some fun with Gordon. There's a number of things that we're going to talk to him about. But as we do, this cross-training publishing, I can't recommend it enough, especially coaches that are listening, because there's a number of great books um, from team studies uh, to coaching to uh, call to compete, um, legacy builders, biographies, FCA books, you know, everything that you need as, as a coach. And I'm uh, looking at and, and reading right now a book called um, Call the Coach from Charles G. Uh, that uh, I was handed off a couple of weeks ago um, when, when we were doing the show, in fact, uh, Coach, with uh, with FCA. Um, boy, Jack. I, I, Jack. Uh, no, I, I, Ralph Mural. Oh, yeah, my Ralph, goodness, yeah. Ralph is like my friend. You know why I forgot his name? You looked at me. No, because his basketball team he coaches whooped mine. That's why. Because I don't want to know him anymore. That's why. But he he had given me this book called called Call the Coach, and it's a daily devotion for coaches and, and competitors. And I got really intrigued with the book, and that's how I reached out to Gordon. And and I told you before he came in. Gordon's going to be a great contact. He's going to get so tired of hearing from me uh, because he he knows a lot of guys that would be really good guests for Faith in the Zone. In fact, uh, and let me talk a little bit about um, with the, the page I was on today, Stacking W's. And before we get to a break, commit to your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved, uh, Proverbs uh, 16.3. And it talks about stacking W's. And, and that's the phrase that the former Army coach, uh, Rich Ellerson, used to encourage West Point cadets. And he talks about what it's stacking W's in faith. So he talked about, look, you want to win in the barracks. You want to win, you know, when you have to go on the field. You want to win all of this because winning is a habit. And you've got to do it all day, every day. You can't just flip a switch on Saturday. And then uh, the, the writer, again, Charles G., talks about what would that look like if you if stacking W's in your faith? And usually when somebody says, well, how do you prioritize your life? You say, look, my faith, my family, my career, my health, and down the line. And that can all be really difficult because it doesn't take long for faith and career and family and health to kind of conflict. But one solution is how about committing them all to the Lord? Why not put God at the center of your family, your career, your health, and every compartment? So that's, the, the, that's what I'm reading before I go to practice today. And mm-hmm. this, whole, this book is wonderful for coaches. You know, every day before you get to practice, just read another page. And uh, so I'm so excited to have Gordon Thiessen, again, the founder of Cross Training Publishing. And we'll get to him as we're going through this. Write this down, crosstrainingpublishing.com. And uh, trust me, you'll want to spend a few minutes on that website and, and buy some of these books. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, if, you're, if your son or daughter are competing, are student athletes, there's a number of things uh, there for you as well. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. 
Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Gordon Thiessen. He's the founder of Cross Training Publishing. He is an author. In fact, I, Gordon, I ran out of paper how many books you've written. So I, I've got a number of them down, but um, and we'll talk about a few of those. And uh, as we're talking, crosstrainingpublishing.com is where you want to go to take a look at, at some of the work that, that they've done. Hey, um, Gordon, can we talk a little bit uh, in the beginning of this segment on how cross-training publishing came to be? Yeah, and, and so to get to kind of where that was a priority in my life, you, you kind of have to backtrack to the point where I was um, a college athlete at the University of Nebraska playing football. I'm a freshman, and I become a Christian. And so my whole life growing up in Lincoln, all I wanted to be was a Husker football player like every other kid that grows up in Nebraska. And all of a sudden, my world was shaken and rocked because I had reached the epitome. I had a scholarship. I was starting on the freshman team. I thought this was everything I desired. And there was just a, a moment where I realized there's got to be more to this, to life than just this. As much as this had driven me, I could see that there was there needed to be something else. And so I had teammate i had a couple friends that shared the gospel with me they talked about jesus i never grew up in the church so when people started talking to me about god i had no real thoughts about who god is what he's like so they talked to me about that god was a loving god but god was a just god they talked about how we as as men and women were sinners and separated from god and that was a problem and then they talked about how to solve the problem you needed to know that christ solved that problem he became sin he died on the cross for our sin and that we needed to respond and repent from that sin and so that's what i did as a freshman mm-hmm. in college and uh i remember the next day i woke up i did it in the middle of the night nobody was around there was no altar call it's just mm-hmm. something i had been considering and thinking about for a long time but what rocked my world was all of a sudden i didn't want to do a sports because when I recognized how great God was, how much that was truly life and how much Jesus did for me, I just thought, why am I wasting time with football? And so I was ready to walk away from football. And I had a friend who was at a small Christian college up in Minnesota. And so I actually considered, well, you know, if if I'm not going to quit football, I probably ought to go figure out how to play football as a Christian athlete because I have no idea. So I thought, well, maybe what I'd do is go to a small Christian school. And so I arranged to go up in the spring, and I met with their head coach. And, uh, you know, I would never forget this. When he met with me, he said, okay, uh, Gordon, you play uh, football in Nebraska, right? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, which school? And I said, well, Nebraska. And he kind of was puzzled. He was kind of like, you mean the university? I'm like, yeah. And he said, so he said, are you a walk-on? I said, no, I'm a scholarship player. Oh, really? And he said, so do you not get along with your coach? And I said, no, no, no. I have Tom Oswald's a great coach, and I get along with him fine. And he's just like, well, I'm puzzled. I don't even have scholarship money at this school. 
our stadium is probably smaller than your high school stadium. Why are you here? And when I explained to him, I really wanted to know how to do sports God's way. He looked at me and said, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some advice, young man. He said, get in your car, go back to Nebraska. God can use you back there. But I'm going to suggest you begin to pray that God would bring people into your life and show you how to do sports God's way. Because you don't need to be up here to do that. Got in the car, drove all the way back to Nebraska. The next week, I went into my very first ever Christian bookstore. Because I'd only been a Christian a short time. So I'd never even been in a Christian bookstore. Walked in uh, to this bookstore. There was a manager that came and greeted me. And I, I said to him, I said, you know, this is a crazy question. But if you got anything that's like helps a Christian athlete understand how to integrate their sports with their faith. Have you ever heard anything like that? This guy looked at me and goes, I can't believe you're asking this. I've got the perfect book. He went back and got Wes Neal's Handbook on Athletic Perfection, gave it to me, changed everything. Mm. Uh, and this was a book that's a foundational book on how to integrate your faith, how to do sports God's way. It rocked my world as a Christian athlete. I, I came, went back the next week. I got copies from my teammates. Uh, and that changed everything about the way I played and viewed sports. And eventually, I served in ministry with the guy that wrote that book with Wes Neal in Branson, Missouri, when we served down uh, with the Christian camps, Kennecott camps in Branson, Missouri. So I had about a three-year period where I actually was with Wes, and I was speaking and really training athletes on these, these, uh, a lot of these principles. And then when I came back to Nebraska and worked for FCA, there was a need to continue to keep Wes's book in print. And I have kept his book in print ever since the 70s. And no matter who calls me and says, we've, I've done probably at this point over 500 books over the last 30 years for Christian athletes, coaches, sports fans, families. And I will tell them the same thing. We got lots of good books, but the best book, the first book, is Wes's book, The Handbook on Athletic Perfection. That's the one. That's the manual. That There just has never been anything better written than that, in my mind and in my opinion. So I've kept that in print all those years, but part of that catalyst for that was seeing there was a need for myself working and serving with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We had no resources. We had no Bible studies. We had no devotionals. We had no workbooks. In fact, I had just directed an FCA camp at Estes Park, Colorado. I had kids coming back and going, what do I do? And so I developed what's called the cross-training workout, which was a, a Bible reading plan, a journal, a prayer journal, how to study the Bible, basically a spiritual exercise or discipline plan. That was called the cross-training workout. I still have it uh, to this day in print. But that I did that, and the next thing I knew, I was doing other books for Christian authors who wanted to reach the sports world. So I became it became cross-training publishing. Uh, and so there's just kind of a niche uh, where there a lot of big publishers don't really have an interest in doing those type of books because that's not a mass market. There's not tons of people that are looking for that. But the ones that are looking for it, and I'm convinced there are a lot of people looking for it, it absolutely changes their life because God's word is timely. It's transformed lives. And once you can see how to do sports God's way, it changes everything about the sports world. Hey, I'll tell you what, the, Gordon, uh, that's awesome. You know, what What a great testimony. And, and the players that um, that brought you to the Lord when you were a freshman, uh, do you know these? you still know these guys? you still talk to them? 
Yes, I still talk to him. Um, I was just with one of them at the 78 reunion game. It's a guy named George Andrews, and he's one of those All-American guys I played behind. He wasn't a walk-on guy, but he was one of those All-Americans I played behind for several years. Went on to play for the Los Angeles Rams for an eight-year career. Great Christian man. Had a tremendous influence on my life. Was one of those older guys I could always look up to. And uh, so that was one of the key guys I was looking at. He actually was a captain his senior year on the Nebraska team in, in 78, along with the quarterback, Tom Sorley. And that was the most interesting dynamic to see two Christian, strong Christian men that were captains of a football team. And what a difference that can make when you see Christian men become leaders and lead like Christian men. So I was heavily influenced by those guys, even as a freshman. Those guys weren't seniors, but they were a couple years older and really had a lot of influence on me. Gordon, uh, that had to have just a huge impact on the locker room, I would think. Well, I always it's, it's funny because, you know, up until that point, you know, Coach Osborne would give sort of a little talk like every coach will, and then the coaches would exit out of the locker room. And what had been tradition for many years is your captains would kind of rile up the team. You know, it'd be like, okay, the coaches are out of sight, so we're going to scream, yell, and curse, and really get you guys kind of ready to go here. So that's kind of what happens in a lot of locker rooms in football. You know, guys almost feel like if they can't, you know, be breathing fire and jumping up and down and going crazy, like they're not ready to play. And uh, I remember thinking, I wonder what George and Tom are going to do. Because, you know, they're real laid back guys anyway. And uh, the very first game, I remember they kind of gave their talk and it was, you know, pretty mild mannered, but it was positive and let's go guys. And I remember a few of my teammates looking at each other like, well, we can't even go out on the field yet. So it was almost like they had to pound each other or, or shout or scream. But, you know, like Coach Osborne would always say, all that sort of emotion and all that sort of jumping up and down, you know, as soon as you hit the field, that disappears. That, that, that goes nowhere. Mm -hmm. So he was always the first one to say, guys, we need to, you need to keep an even keel here. But it was always kind of funny because there's always those guys that feel like, hey, you got to, you got to be breathing fire and acting like you're a crazy maniac out there to, to go out and hit people in a violent way. And it's like, no, we had guys that would hit you hard. And with everything they had, the motivation was different. And that's the way George and Tom, they absolutely played as hard as you can play. Uh, I remember George, we, we uh, played Alabama one year. It was the first game of the year. And Alabama beat us in Alabama. It's my first away game. And my friend George Andrews got the – player of the game even though we lost the game I think he had three or four sacks on a, a quarterback who was a Christian quarterback and he just hit him so hard and I think the last time he got him I think the quarterback was kind of like you know what is this you know get off me you know and remember George just in a mild-mannered way just kind of looked down and said hey you're a Christian brother aren't you you know something kind of like that and the guy <laughs> just kind of realized oh yeah like you are a Christian guy right and so but George was that way he's a genuine not a smart aleck just a hey, we're Christian brothers, we ought to be able to play hard. And so that really influenced my thinking, along with, you know, reading the stuff that Wes Neal had laid out from the Bible about how to be how to be motivated as a Christian athlete, how to be winning in a different way, and how to ultimately see your goal is beyond what's on the scoreboard. Uh, all of that really changed my way of viewing sports, and it ultimately changed the way I coach kids over the years as well. He is uh, Gordon Teeson, again, founder of Cross Training Publishing. He's an author. He is a, a former basketball coach, FCA guy. And uh, you can go 
crosstrainingpublishing.com. I cannot recommend this enough. If you're a coach, if you're a, a player, if you're a parent of, of some student athletes, there's just there's something there for all of us. If you're a grandparent, if you're an aunt and uncle, you know, if you're involved in sports and you're listening to this show and this radio station because it's a sports radio station, there's something there for you. And uh, I would I would just highly recommend it. Crosstrainingpublishing.com. And we'll go, let's get to a break. On this side of the break, we'll continue. Again, George Thiessen, founder of Cross Training Publishing. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest. He's the founder of Cross Training Publishing. He's George Thiessen. Hey, George, um, so your, your family, everybody in Nebraska, you, you got uh, kids, grandkids. What uh, is everybody in your area? Yeah, so we're really fortunate. My wife and I have four of our grown children in the Omaha area and, uh, and then eight grandchildren. So uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And we had... Probably seven or eight years ago, there was absolutely no plan. In fact, I had no idea any of us would wind up in Omaha. None of us had ever lived in Omaha before, but we've all wound up here for a variety of reasons, mostly because my son, uh, Josh Deason, is a pastor of our church, Providence Bible Church, and mm. planted the church kind of in the West Omaha, Gretna area uh, five years ago. And so that was enough for us to kind of go, hey, let's go, let's go help with this effort to church plant. So... It's actually uh, uh, really an interesting dynamic where I've got my own son as, as our pastor of our church. And so I coached him when he's a little guy and, and even in high school. And now I get a chance to serve with him in church. And that's a, a real blessing for us. Well, Gordon, that is awesome. I, 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 my son, we, he is a youth pastor out in New Jersey. One of them. I have four boys. Mike coached them all. He has plenty of stories about my boys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just heard him. Uh, the pastor was gone the week after we left, and so I listened to him this last week on, on uh, you know, the recorded message. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it's just so encouraging to see our boys really have a passion to want to serve the Lord and be in ministry. I have two that are pastors, one at a Bible college, and then one uh, in the Army right now, uh, getting ready to come back and go through Special Forces training. He did the uh, Ranger training already. And uh, wow. But um, when you were, you were talking about coaching baseball uh, with your son uh, this last summer, I think, you coaching your grandson, it brought back memories. Yep. Um, you know, I coached uh, I, the son that's a youth pastor out in, in uh, New Jersey, and he was pitching for us, and it was, you know, seven, seven, eight-year-olds. And the fellow helping me said, uh, hey, I think Kevin has a, I think he has a blister on his finger pitching right now because he would he would kind of lick it and hold hold his index finger up in the air. I go, no, I don't, I don't think he has a blister. He goes, no, I'm, I'm going out. I'm calling time. He has a blister. 
So he goes out, talks to him on the mound, comes back. I said, does he have a blister? He goes, no, no. Uh, he said he was checking the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I loved it, man. <laughs> but I, I tell you well, what. You know, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the interesting thing about being back coaching, especially kind of starting all over with the younger kids, because I often will hear parents, especially in the church, say this to me. They'll say, well, what – why is it important to understand sports and faith or mm. competition? Because mm. really when you think about sports, there's two things going on just as an entertainment. It's just not like, it's not just simply like going fishing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like you take three boys out and you get on a boat and you fish and they have this, Hey, I've got seven fish. You got five. And you know, maybe you get that, but most of the time it's not the same thing as when you get out on a field and you compete against another team. The dynamic changes, and even seeing six-year-olds, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's not competitive then. Well, even when the rules are nobody's supposed to keep score, guess who keeps score? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. parents, absolutely. Right? So when those games are over, the six-year-old boys, the, you know, the boys are going right to mom and dad and going, who won? What was the score? How did I do? And so immediately you see, unless you begin at a very young age to coach your kid and help them understand how to compete because it starts then it starts that early and i could see my six-year-old grandson he is his first year of of uh doing any baseball and so it took him a little bit i think probably three or four games before he was starting to hit the ball and and then he caught up because there were some boys this is a third year baseball right you know? mm -hmm. and some of them were seven-year-old boys and so they were pretty far ahead but i could see my grandson was immediately he's looking around like oh I, I know I'm failing. I can see people are disappointed. I'm not hitting the ball. So even at age six, a kid needs perspective on what is competition? How do we view this? How does God view this? Because it starts that early. And as much as maybe parents would like to think it's all fun and games and it's not competitive, people make it that way. So you better do what you can to prepare your kids for competition because it'll chew them up and spit them out if they're not ready for it. Exactly. It doesn't mean they're going to play in the pros or anything, but they need to understand how does a Christian compete. If mm -hmm. you can learn that at a young age, uh, they're going to they're going to be able to do it better in the business world and the world they compete in because there is a right way to compete from mm -hmm. a Christian perspective. Absolutely, he is uh, Gordon Teeson again, our special guest uh, this week. He is a former Nebraska Cornhusker. He uh, the founder of Cross Training Publishing, and and we've talked about this a lot, but CrossTrainingPublishing.com. Go to that website uh, if you get a chance, and, and there's a number of, of books from devotional books to character books to biographies, all written by Christian authors, you know, and, and there's there's something in there for, for parents and coaches, administrators, uh, players for sure, and uh, I just think it's a wonderful website that gives you a lot of different choices to look at and, and very reasonably priced books. That, that can make a huge difference in, in your life, in your student-athlete's life. And uh, if you're a coach, there's a number of these that you might want to pick up a dozen for your basketball team or um, certainly for a, a number on, uh, for your football team. And, and guys that listen to the show, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Gordon, you had said earlier, did you have a chance to coach uh, your son? Yeah, so I coached my son in high school the four years he was in high school as a varsity coach and, and I had coached him actually when he was younger and in junior high. And I, I coached my other kids, some different sports, but Josh probably 
for better or worse, got the most of my coaching. And uh, <laughs> he happened to be a pretty good, uh, you know, basketball player and football. Just was one of those kids that could kind of pick things up and learn things pretty quickly. So to me, um, it was a great thing, not without his challenges. In fact, it's always interesting when I'm with a dad who's coached their son or daughter. We always have an interesting conversation about the challenges, but very, very rarely would I ever, I don't even recall talking to a coach who coached their daughter or son and really regretted doing it. Um, I, so it really is a blessing. I, I agree. I've 36 years of been coaching basketball and coached at some, at some pretty big basketball schools here in this area. And the three best years I coached were the three years at a place called Calvary Baptist in Menominee Falls. We had 67 kids in the whole school, Gordon, and and seven or eight boys on the basketball team. I call this the Caucasian invasion. We just went, we, we'd go play anywhere. And these kids, it was such a joy to, to coach Pastor Ken's boys and, and my son. And we won three or four straight Christian state championships. And it, it we so we had a lot of success on the court. But to, but to, to you know get that group of boys to understand that there's more than than just basketball. You know there's there's a lot of things that we need to teach you on how to be how to be men. You know how to be a good husband, a good father, a good son, and it it just was really fun. And these kids didn't know any better. They didn't know they shouldn't be beating some of these big schools in in, in the Milwaukee area. They just they went to where I told them to go, and they they ran what I asked them to run, and and we had a lot of success. And Pastor Ken's boys had a lot to do with that when they transferred in. And uh, you know, Gordon, what what I what I wanted for my boys, and I think you know any parent wants it um, for their children with a coach is someone who who loves them, cares for them, but also wants to challenge them to to keep moving forward and. Uh, and the verse that we would really concentrate on with our guys was whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all the glory of God. So there's a life principle here. We call it the principle of do all. You do it all for the glory of God. And uh, I appreciated uh, Mike, and I've told him that often, uh, that uh, I so am thankful for his influence uh, on, on our boys. I mean, you know, three, three in ministry, one loving the Lord, all married, and uh, one serving our country, and just spent some time with him. He said, Dad, I'm, I'm passionate about getting a lot of my fellows in and having them come over with Liz and I and sharing the gospel with them. And I said, that that's well, that's what's well, important. You bet. Well, that's great. And, of course, we love that verse, too, and, and I'm sure this is another verse you probably use as well, but Colossians 323. Oh, yeah. You, do, you <laughs> yeah. work hardly as for the Lord rather than for men. And yeah. You know, that verse says so much about what motivates you. You know, you're doing it for the Lord and really get your sights set on, you know, whatever it is, you're doing your best. And I think that's helpful to realize that might be a practice because I would oftentimes see even Christian kids that would slack off. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't slack off. They exactly. shouldn't slack off just because it's practice. It's even when it's practice, that's the time when you also want to do your very best for the Lord. I agree. He is Gordon Teeson, again, founder of Cross Training Publishing. I'll go to crosstrainingpublishing.com. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll wrap this up. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. 
Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Gordon Teeson, former Nebraska Cornhusker, also the founder of Cross Training Publishing. Go to crosstrainingpublishing.com for more information. So during the break, you guys talked a little bit of smack, Oklahoma, Nebraska, that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I'm Mike. still su- I'm surprised Gordon's hanging in there with us. I thought maybe he'd right. get in a car and drive from Omaha to meet you in person. Just want to talk to you in person about the well, o- I would love Oklahoma, for, I would Nebraska. Love to spend some time with I, you in person, Gordon. Well, I'll, remember, I'll, ta- I'll take hey, you to lunch. He played linebacker at Nebraska. Yeah. And, and and I think he's a little upset over the Oklahoma <laughs> smack talk. Oh, uh, well, I mean, he had plenty to cheer for, I guarantee you. Hey, Gordon, this uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and, and Pastor loves talking to, to guys that, that played at a high level and, and asking questions about your, your favorite memory of playing football at Nebraska. What would that be? Well, there there were two. The first one's real quick and is only meaningful in a sense to me, and that was the first game where I suited up as a sophomore, traveled with the team, and it was when we played Oklahoma or Alabama at Alabama. And I just remember I was so excited. It's the first time I'm suited up, and we're at Alabama, and it's a crazy place. And I remember stretching out and looking across the field at Bear Bryant. Yeah. Oh, man. The, 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 the Goodyear blimp was going overhead, and I just thought, this is almost like heaven to me as a football player. So I, I'll, that's just very clear and a very vivid memory uh, that I have. Uh, even though I didn't get to play in the game, just to be a part of that and to be on the field was special. But then a few years later in 78, 40 years ago, we had a chance to upset Oklahoma and Lincoln. And Coach Osborne had lost five straight times to OU. Yep. And so he, as, as, a, as a coach, he had never beat Oklahoma. And so there really was this buzz about if you can't win the big one, the big game, we maybe need to find somebody else. And so we, we beat Oklahoma and Lincoln, and it took I think they fumbled seven, eight times, and it was a real hard-hitting game. That's part of the reason there were tons of fumbles and turnovers. And uh, we won that game narrowly, and uh, we recently had our reunion 40 years later, a lot of the players that played in that team got together. Coach Osborne was there and just shared. He, along with some of our other coaches that were assistants, shared about the game. And I had never heard our coaches say this, but uh, many of them coached into the, into the 90s with Tom and said the hardest-hitting game they ever were a part of was that 1978 game when we beat Oklahoma. And they said, you know, it was so hard-hitting. They were almost scared for us. And it's part of the reason we, we were upset the next week against Missouri because we, we had beat ourselves up so bad to beat Oklahoma that week before. But that place went crazy in Lincoln. The stadium, the goalposts went down. Uh, they put some security measures in never to let that happen again. But uh, the fans came out, tore them down. The goalposts wound up over, all across Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, fans just went absolutely crazy. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard not to think about that. Uh, that that had to be a great experience for you. When we were on, uh, I think before we came on, we were talking about the 
the one game, and I, t- and I told you, and I told Mike, too, I felt sorry for Coach Osborne in those years because there was one year they were in Lincoln, Oklahoma, was playing, and uh, winner goes to the Orange Bowl, you know, opportunity for the national championship. And Nebraska played a great game, had Oklahoma down under 45 seconds left. They had to, uh, they, they had to stop the game to get all the oranges off the field, and they brought in the second-string quarterback, maybe third-string. I don't know what Dean Blevins was back then, but – he threw a little flea flicker, and they flicked it to Joe Washington. He ran it down the one-yard line. Oklahoma, I think, scored on the next play. And uh, I think you mentioned that you had your, you were already getting your bags in your mind, <laughs> me- mentally getting your bags ready to go down to some oh, warm weather down in Miami. <laughs> you know, I think they called that play the hook and ladder. Yeah, and, they did. Uh, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen, and uh, we were just completely shocked. And that was – there were in – in the 70s, there were two times – where we were just really close to playing for the national championship and may have won it. That that would have been, if we won that game, we'd have got a chance to probably play for it. Uh, the other time was in 78 when we upset Oklahoma and then got upset ourselves the following week. But uh, a lot of times people forget just how close Tom Osborne came uh, to not just the three national championships, but he could have had two more in the 70s. Yeah. And then he played... Uh, in, in Miami in the 80s, and instead of going for the tie, yeah, he went I, for the win. I remember lost. it. And so that, that's kind of a memorable for a lot of Husker fans because almost most coaches would have said, play for the tie. Back then, you could end a game with a tie. You surely would have shared the national title with Miami, at least. And he decided to go for the win. And uh, so he could easily have won six of the titles. Wow. You know, had things gone a certain way. Yeah, I, re- I remember watching that game. Yeah, I he, he you know what? He he always had my respect. He just was a class guy over there. Class well, guy. Well, certainly Todd Brown talked about, you know, playing for him and and what a wonderful experience that was. Guys, we've got we've got to go. Uh Gordon, I can't thank you enough. And and again, I I, I feel bad for you cuz I'm going to be calling you saying, "Hey, look, you know, we we don't have somebody lined up as a guest. Can you can you uh recommend an author?" And and I really appreciate your willingness not only to come on this show, but to help us move our ministry uh, along. And and as a lot of people that that listen to the show understand, you know, there are times where I have four or five guys lined up and then there are times that it gets a little bit light and it's, and it's a struggle to get guys that'll come on the show and get up on the mountaintop with us. And I appreciate your willingness to maybe help us out uh, in the future. And, and uh, for people that are listening, crosstrainingpublishing.com is where you need to go. And there's, there's something there for everybody. I, I've got a son-in-law that coaches uh, high school football that that's going to get a couple of the books off off this website for me and and there's just something there for for everybody. The one that I'm reading right now called The Coach uh, from Charles G is a it's a wonderful daily devotional book for coaches that I can't recommend high enough. So Gordon, thanks a lot for a few minutes of your time. You tell your grandson to get back to playing piano, uh, practice uh, you know as much as he can here, and and, and thank you. And I'll be in touch soon. Well, I sure appreciate you guys. And I might mention that one of the new resources we have is called Coaching Matters by Tom Osborne. It's his coaching philosophy and includes a Bible study for coaches. And it was my pleasure to publish and work with Tom on that. That's an yeah. excellent resource. It's on our website. That's awesome. Again, Coaching Matters from, from Tom Osborne to be a great pickup. Again, Gordon, thank you so much, Pastor. It's good to yeah. see you. Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. We loved it. Thank you. 
this has been Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me.